Well, welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to do a little something just a little bit different. Usually, we have one topic, but today, we're giving you a bargain deal. We're going to give you six <laughs> different topics, and uh, because there's just so much happening, you can't even just choose one, right? No, Steve, I mean, quit lying to the people, okay? Why are we really doing this? We're doing this because we talk too freaking much, okay? We each, other than Steve, we put time limits, we put time limits. <laughs> We, we we speak in monologues and <laughs> it's like no one ever let us talk before in our lives and so we decided we need an actual timer on topics in order to uh to be more succinct but yes continue Could, you know and i was i've always been trying to be so nice to try and give you guys your space and let you guys <laughs> that was talk but today we are going to look at six different topics and we're just going to bring two that we think are pretty fascinating. Um, so what we'll do is I think it's best if someone starts with the, the topic and then just kind of, hey, like for instance, how do you guys feel about Daniel Snyder and the Washington Redskins finally changing their name? And what do you think their new name will be the first thing that comes to my mind as far as my thought on the whole thing is really a lesson for us all in that we should never say never <laughs> because <laughs> i mean i guarantee you back into i think it was 2013 when he said never like period write that down that sort of thing he couldn't have fathomed a world like the one we're living in just seven years later. And I know every generation says this, but like, it seems like suddenly things are changing so fast and not that like, oh, from a moral standpoint, racial slurs were ever okay. Obviously they weren't, but let's be honest, in the general public, like general public discourse, people didn't really care. Like there were some people who did, of course, and, and I'll be honest, it is somewhat annoying. Like the people who take victory laps, I'm like, you don't get like moral credit because you were a good person back then. Like that's not how the system works. Um, not that there really is a system. That's kind of a weird thing to say. But my point is like, you just, you never know. You never know how quickly things are going to change. And the cynical side of me says, you never know how quickly you're going to need that money. <laughs> because let's be honest until these sponsors started pulling out like like FedEx and I can't remember whoever else but Nike. we know that in our society that's what really changes things and it's it's powerful so uh, I, I don't have a, a idea or any inside information on what the name uh, will or should be but I do I do like the red tails name I think that's cool yeah, I have no idea. I'm shocked as anybody else because never said I, said, I was about to say never. I said, y'all saw what Dan Snyder said. He is not changing his mind. And so the fact that there will be a change, I'm, I still halfway don't believe it. I still feel like it's going to be like, well, we're going to change. You know what? We couldn't find a good name. We're going to go back. So I'm like, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, well, guys, the season's going to start. We need a team name. And so I, 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 am, I am just as surprised. I would have bet put money on the fact that that name was not going to change just based off the owner's comments. I own the team. I'm going to do what I want to do. You can't make me. And it looks like we made him. And so I am surprised as far as names. I have no idea that 
the uh, I know I know Ron Rivera was saying, you know, pay homage to the military and all that, which I'm which for me that I kind of pushed back a little bit because I don't think everything can pay homage to the military. Like I I I I I get that we want to honor the military, but I don't think necessarily the name has to be associated with the military just because I don't think it's 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 overly necessary. I do think early in the home team podcast, uh, Ponder said a great line. She said, uh, just follow the money, you know, and I think that yeah, I was the this, first one who ever said that. Did you know you're that? First that person. Quote, I, that I give, I've been using you. that quote. Ever since, <laughs> hey, I use that quote in the last eight little interviews I did. I said, Hey, follow yeah. the money, follow the money. I didn't, I didn't no one's ever no. said it before me. Never, Guys, never. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was sort of Jerry Maguire, but I mean, but like deep down, I would say like Ponder. Washington, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> or me. <laughs> okay so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you options from i believe the usa today um or sporting news one of those but these are these are the top options obviously you have the washington red tails um which i think is a, I like a contraction from the tusky airmen from world war ii which was the first african-american military aviators um which is i think pretty good you have the washington warriors um, so you get back to like the spear on the helmet, um, Joe Theismann days. Um, you have the Washington Red Hogs. It's what? awkward. Yeah. Um, the Washington Red Hawks. Okay. And then the Red Wolves. So like, why are they wanting to keep red? Is oh, it just because of the colors? You don't have to buy all new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like you've got to know they've the got money. some stuff that doesn't actually say Redskins on it. They're like, we should just keep these. Things. Is it gonna have like duct tape like over? <laughs> be like I red. Know. You <laughs> guys, I have thought about this a lot. If we do have a football season on Countdown this year, so when the the San Diego Chargers became the LA Chargers on our show, we made each other do ten fingertip push-ups if we said San Diego, like live on TV. Okay, so. You got to know with my noodle arms, I was petrified that at any point during the show, I was going to say San Diego. And when Charles Woodson was on the show, he got caught a few times. And it's seriously, it was, it's hilarious to watch people do push-ups in a suit for some reason. If this name change happens like it's supposed to, I am so afraid that I am going to say their, the, the name that was, I feel like I can't even say it now. Like, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. Gonna, because now it's officially like before people like me who are clearly idiots and ignorant on some of this stuff. I just obviously when you think about the name, it is a racial slur, but I never thought about it. So it just rolls off the tongue. And then you even saw I think it was Dwayne Haskins that came out today or yesterday yep. being like, look, I grew up with like hail to the Redskins like that's just what it is for so many people it's gonna be a tricky transition and for those of us on um unscripted live tv just pray for me okay <laughs> <laughs> well question for that if you if you are mentioning um you know Joe Gibbs or Doug Williams someone who played for the Redskins when you are talking about, I said the word, but like you, you're yeah, talking the about the artist teams? formerly known as, as but you yeah. can't say the, <laughs> yeah. do yeah. we have How to bleep you? it out? I mean, if it yeah. actually is a racial slur, shouldn't it be bleeped out? Like what? I'm very confused about what's happening. Yeah. Sam, you want to help us out here? I don't know. <laughs> Appreciate the honesty. Academic ever since, Yeah. Well, ever since, uh, ever, I mean, think about it. It, 
Nike didn't care five, four, three, two years ago, but now all of a sudden Nike cares. FedEx didn't care five, four, three, two. Now all of a sudden FedEx cares. Now all of a sudden things are changing. And so I have found it hard to say the name since uh, it became, came to my awareness that, oh, this is a racial slur. We should probably not be saying that. But at the same time, if you start going back to talking about history and saying, well, back in you know, Joe Theismann or whoever, it's like, all right, well, that's who we played for. So I'll finish how I started. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we cleared that up, guys. You're welcome. Man, we're, 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 we're moving. Topic two. <laughs> Acho, what do you got for us? <laughs> so I'd love to know this. School is, is starting some places. What do we all think about that? I, I recently saw something on Facebook. Someone said, okay, you're allowed to go. So you're not allowed to watch a movie, a two-hour movie, but you're allowed to put your child in school for eight hours. What sense does that make? So Sam, Steve, we'd love to hear from you all. School may be starting up in the midst of COVID. What sense does that make? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it depends on where you're at. Like the, the cases are spiking in certain places and where there are a lot of cases, I do think, you know, you gotta, you gotta get creative and find other ways. But I think in places like, even like in New York City where my kids go to school, the case, case number is so low and these teachers and administrators have spent so much time finding solutions for like, hey, we're going to have class sizes this small. This is how separate everyone's going to be. We're a new class in Central Park or we're going to, you know, just get creative with ideas. Um, I think that um, is the and solution maybe sounds like the wrong word, but like, look, I want I, my, my children need to be in school. And when people say like it's not safe. Um, I understand the concern, but I don't know that it's also safe for the majority or not even the majority, even a minority of American children to be at home with no education, potentially also without supervision in environments that are not safe. Like for those of us who grew up exposed to kids who you know, were raised in abusive environments or just neglectful homes or places where they didn't have food in the kitchen. Like, is that safe for them to, to be at home with no education and no help? I just, I think we have to weigh, it, it's like cost benefit analysis. And I, I do think that there are some areas where they may say, hey, until we get these numbers down, we're gonna have to start with online school and then we'll move to this other. But to, to make it nationwide, where, oh, nobody's going to school, I, I think that's absurd. I think parents need to work and not because, oh, this is a, all about money in a capitalistic society. No, people need to put food on the table and like provide for their children to eat and have shelter. Um, and I don't know how you do that if you have to be at home full time to, to take care of young children. So I'm not saying I have a perfect solution, but I am, very frustrated as a parent that this stuff was not thought out more thoroughly and a plan was not contingency plans were not created back in March when we realized oh our kids have to go home because it looks like they're scrambling in July and to me that's inexcusable there should have been meetings of the minds this whole time to come up with contingency plans yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Ponder. Um, you know, here in Arizona, there's they actually moved school up a week um, in our district in Phoenix. And so I'm like, wait, wait, what? We are spiking 
And then they're like, we're not going to like hold off just to make sure that we can like see things getting better. They're like, now we're going to start August 3rd. I'm just like, this probably isn't the right place to be doing that. You know, I get it if you're, you know, in some place in Wyoming or, you know, Northern Colorado or something, I, I get that. But I think you're right. The, the, I think in this whole entire COVID crisis has been a lack of organizational leadership from in so many sectors. And I think uh, I'm watching some districts across the U S who have, man, they, you know, they've had a plan in place like you know late april they knew they they were able to foresee where things were going and others that you know just weren't ready for this and so um but i i really feel the one of the trickiest pieces and and i'm i'm glad you said that sam is you know for a lot of these workers who are um kind of these essential workers who um you know have some kids at home and who are working on the front lines, uh, who's, who's watching those kids, you know? And, and so it's, it's a really, really tricky thing of gosh, uh, what we have to do is to make sure that we can protect, provide and prepare our kids for the future. And I feel like right now we're not doing a great job at that. Yeah. I know for me, so in Chicago, Chicago is one of the first state cities to, to shut down one of the first. And Everyone was up in arms and upset and confused and angry. And, and I left. I went to Phoenix because <laughs> I probably didn't <laughs> want to feel all those emotions as well. And, well wait, and wait, wait. To- it was fine in Phoenix. And then Acho came. And wait then- a second. This is all making sense now. Breaking news. <laughs> Inve- investigative, investigative journalists <laughs> over here. <laughs> Sports reporters is here. We've, we've got a story. We've got a story. <laughs> oh man but I, so i left i left and phoenix people were just chilling like oh this doesn't exist and we're fine and and i stayed about two months i came back to chicago and things were still i mean even now people are still required to wear masks but but things are opening up i actually just put my kids in summer summer camp summer school essentially and they've got to figure out where it's you know they're social this socially distancing and they have their own bins and the teachers are wearing face shields and kids wear masks in and masks out and the whole deal and parents aren't allowed to go inside and all these things. And I'm excited and glad that my kids can get into school because not only do I know and believe that they're safe, but I also believe to Sam's point that is it's important for them to be able to get some kind of education and interaction outside of the home. And so I have no issue with school being opened up. I have no issue. I have no issue with, with movie theaters in certain places still being closed. I think that According to statistics, COVID isn't affecting children as much. And people say, well, what about the parents and the teachers, et cetera? And I know, at least in the school that my kids go to, some of the teachers, and it's just summer camp now, but some of the teachers who are older are still trying to decide if they want to come back and teach just because there is a risk. And so those risks do need to be weighed. And, and I think those are conversations that need to be had. But I think that schools should be open and, and our kids deserve to learn. I mean, he's running for office, you guys. Next, next election cycle. Here's my thing about teachers that don't feel safe, um, which I understand. You know, there are older teachers, there are teachers with pre-existing conditions. If you feel that way, I don't understand why there is not a provision, just like they have substitute teachers, where you can teach Zoom on a Zoom screen from your home and have a proctor or like a substitute actually in the class 
who doesn't necessarily have to be trained in whatever that thing is, but has like a background check or whatever, that is allowing the students to still be in school while you stay distant from home. Like, I don't understand why that's not, because to me, that makes total sense. Of course, there are going to be some people who don't don't feel safe and those people shouldn't come like you shouldn't feel like you're like risking your life to be at school but that doesn't mean all the students shouldn't be able to come just because you have you know your particular reasons why like i feel like you can respect both situations and still provide an education somebody said this to me the other day and i i just think it's so true and something we have to remember for a lot of us adults who are in our you know 30s and beyond we look at six months to a year of like life slowing down or life being different or not getting to be social and it sucks but it's like okay it's one year of your life like for the greater good like we can all do this together if you're six like this is a huge chunk of your life your development your social engagement your sense of who you are and how you fit in society it's so much more impactful, in my opinion, when these are in your early developmental years, or even if you're 14, um, that I think we have to remember that like sometimes for adults, we can manage things because we already have a sense of self and we already have a developed brain, <laughs> no matter how poorly it developed. But like for young children, this is crucial. These, these weeks and months and years are crucial to their social and educational development. I just, I think we cannot overlook that. So Sam, now that we've talked about that, please take us to our next topic. I noticed, Sam, how you took like the, the least scary, controversial, gonna get you in trouble somewhere topic where it's like, our kids should be educated. Next topic, Sam. And I'm like, let's talk about anti-Semitism and Deshaun Jackson. How's that sound? <laughs> I mean, is this really my role on this podcast? Like, let's get Sam in all the trouble, and Sam Ocho will just get ready to run for office and sell his book. Is that what we're doing right now, guys? <laughs> but that being said, uh, I wasn't on you. Jeez. Um, <laughs> that being said, you know, we, I think obviously we all saw the stuff with Deshaun this, um, this last week and then Steven Jackson jumped in and made it worse. I don't know how you make that worse, but, uh, piled on if you will. And, and some others kind of got in hot water. I did see, uh, today we're taping this on a Monday that I, I believe I read this. And unfortunately I've become a headline reader, which is, I, I just, hate that because I've seen how so many times you read a headline and it's actually not what the article is about at all. And sometimes the actual article is um, the exact opposite of what the headline says because they try and trick you. But um, I saw that I think Deshaun's going to Auschwitz, which is um, amazing and also interesting and i don't know there, i have a lot of thoughts about it but um i would love to hear uh since sam you you punted it first right you didn't actually answer the question you just asked it i i'll start with steve on kind of your reaction to to his comments and and not only your reaction to his comments but your reaction to the reaction or lack thereof to his comments yeah, well, I think I think two things. One is, you know, there is so much that is out on the internet, right? And and it's falsely attributed 
um, false sources, false stories. And, and yet, if you don't do your homework, you can just snag some comment or some quote that's not actually or some stat or some fact to fit some set of agendas. And I think there's one lesson in that, um, that I think is a good lesson. Uh, one that I actually even talked to my son about just saying, Hey, just because it's on the internet does not mean it's real. Just cause it's on Wikipedia doesn't mean that it's real. Um, but I also think, you know, it's kind of fascinating is what Julian Edelman did in the sense of almost, I mean, I'm not saying he stole, uh, Sam, your brother's idea, but literally was like, here, you could see the, even the same uh, language that he used was similar to what Emmanuel said. And, and, and that, Hey, I want to have a uncomfortable conversation. Let's, let's go here. Let's, let's go to this, you know, I'll take you to the Holocaust museum and, and then we'll go down the street and we'll go to the civil rights museum. And I, I actually thought like, okay. And I like that Edelman actually owned the fact that hey, um, I didn't even really embrace my Jewish roots till recently. I didn't even understand it. So I've got a lot to learn. So I just, I think it, uh, I was grateful to see Edelman, Edelman's response because uh, I don't know him. And I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of a classy thing in the way that he spoke. But I mean, it was for Steven Jackson, he, you know, he'd been kind of a golden boy with the, the George Floyd story. And, you know, I think stepped in and just kind of was trying to be loyal and didn't understand what he was stepping into. And then he quickly backpedaled. And so again, um, I just think, uh, these are such difficult conversations, but whether it's issues with native Americans issues with, uh, you know, Asians, issues with Blacks, issues with Jews. Um, there's just got to be no place for racism, and we can't mess up there. And it's just we've got to do our homework. So, yeah, think about what what Edelman did and and having this uncomfortable conversation. More so, saying, "Hey, let's take this trip." I think about George McCaskey now, and I talk about it in in my book uh, coming out. Let the world see you, SamMachoBook dot com. Um, shameless plug. I wish I could see my smile as I talk about it. <laughs> talk about this. Uh, I talk about it. <laughs> but I talked about it. I mean, it was the same thing happened. Not the same thing, but something similar in 2017 with Cap. We talked about this. Colin Kaepernick and what are people going to do when people picking sides and and me and the, the chairman of the Bears, a 60-something-year-old white guy said, hey, let's take, let's take a trip. Let's take a field trip to a prison. Uh, not only one in Chicago, but let's take a field trip to a prison in Louisiana that used to be a plantation. Let's take a field trip to with the police and do a police ride along. Let's take a field trip to the African American, the, the National Museum of Afri African American History and Culture. And so I think there's a huge piece about taking that field trip. Another piece too, just uh, to Deshaun in particular, is just educating yourself, understanding what you're talking about. I know that uh, Malcolm Jenkins had some comments as well, saying, "Hey, this isn't a fight." That's not what we're fighting against. Let's stay focused. And yes, I can understand when we're, and I know we're not talking about Malcolm right now, but I can understand no, can where Malcolm there. is. Well, yeah, I can understand where Malcolm is coming from and saying, hey, so often what happens is people want to move on. They find a ways to, so if, if Malcolm's cause is, hey, I want justice for Breonna Taylor. So often people just want to say, okay, well, hey, that was last week and last month. Let's just, let's just go to something different. And so I, I see where he, he, he could be coming from, but, the, but he missed the mark in that, 
hey, justice for, you can't just want justice for one group of people and not want justice for all. They got to speak up for all, not just my specific uh, party or my specific group that I care about. And so, I know we're not, and, and so anyways, just to, to, to Deshaun's point, educate yourself. To, to Malcolm Jenkins' point, I, I, I hear you as far as not wanting, I get, sometimes it's anger, frustration, and sadness. Hey, no, like, people, we need to go and, 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 and quote, unquote, stay focused. But no, 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 this is the focus. Uh, Malcolm, this is the focus, the racism and the hatred that exists in everybody, in the people that are, that are you know, when it comes to a name or it comes to a statement, this is the focus. And so I think that amplifying your voice and speaking up for the Jewish community isn't losing focus. I think it's even making it more focused on um, eradicating hate and racism, period. Man, I, I agree with that so much. I was actually really bothered by what Malcolm said. Um, obviously bothered by what Deshaun posted. Um, but what Malcolm said got me, well, f first, let me go back. First, just rule number one, I think all Americans and all humans should know by now. I don't care if it's a fake quote or a real quote, or like, can we just stop quoting Adolf Hitler? Like, is that not, I didn't know that that wasn't common knowledge at some point. Like, that's just not the quotable guy. You don't get to like find his good qualities or like, hey, he said this smart thing one time. We're past that, okay? Like that should just be a, anyway, got that off. Ultimate canceled, um, ultimate canceled. <laughs> Adolf Hitler has been canceled, okay? Cancel culture is acceptable with Hitler. I, did I really have to say that? Like, but, anyway, um, <laughs> I told you guys, I've been reading a lot of Holocaust books over the quarantine. So I think I was just really ripe for, um, discussed in this whole situation but the malcolm comments really bothered me because it felt like um and maybe this is a weird analogy but like if you're um you're diagnosed with like terminal cancer and let's say like your neighbor has aids and you go over and you're like oh my gosh like i have cancer and they're like uh let's stay focused here i have aids and you're like um I get it, bro. But like, we, we both have a situation here, you know, like, that's what I felt like he was saying it was like, eh, yeah, that whole like, the Nazi, you know, anti-Semitism thing, like that was back in the 30s and 40s. Like, this is the issue now. Like, no, man, this is not the single issue now. Like, you can care about cancer and AIDS. And you can think that we should speak out about multiple issues. Like humans are not one trick ponies. We don't just get to choose one cause. And then that's the only thing I care about. Like if I care about the issue of abortion, I have to care about like human dignity at the end of life. And I have to care about how we handle like single moms and, um, you know, teenage moms and people at all stages of life because the root issue is that I care about human dignity at all stages of life. And if your, um, your outrage about racism towards the, the black community, which is totally warranted for obvious reasons, is about a lack of appreciation and esteem for human dignity and equality, that cannot just be for one, like inherently, that's because humans all matter, that we were endowed by our creator. Um, and, and I think that's where this gets tricky, because if we're not all starting from that same premise that says 
we, we all matter because we were created by God and God says that we are equal in value. And so because of that, we need to protect each other and make sure things don't get out of whack because our creator is what gives us value. If that's not the premise of it all, we get to then pick and choose. Well, right now, these people have more value. Or right now, like, I know more of these people and this is kind of the environment I grew up in and I saw these injustices, so let's not get distracted. Like, this is not a distraction. Like, this is, and, and side note, sorry, I know I'm going off on this, but like, side note, this is not a group that just like maybe recently had some issues. Like, if anti-Semitism is a distraction, I don't know what you call any other injustice towards any other group of people, because you can go back as far as you want to go. And this is a group who has dealt with injustice of all different kinds. So anyway, it was frustrating for me to see. It was frustrating for me to see um, a lot of the NFL community be silent on that. And I think it is, I'm, I'm on no high horse here because I, I realize that like, like I said, in all these issues, it's always easier to speak out when it's your own thing, right? When you've been personally impacted, like, oh, my mom's Jewish, or I have a Jewish best friend, or like, I grew up with a friend who was mistreated or whatever. Like, we're such selfish beings. And I don't mean that in necessarily like some terrible way, but we're so, we just see the world through our own worldview and our own lens of our own experiences. And I think this is a good reminder that like some of these issues are objective. These are for all people, that all people matter, all people are valuable, and that should be reflected in public discourse. And I think um, as, you know, I consider myself like a part a distant part, but a part of the NFL community, I, I think we kind of missed the mark on this one, but I'm hoping it, it gets better. Sorry, that was a lot. I, I totally broke the rules. Now that the rules have been broken, Steve, <laughs> next topic. <laughs> okay, so let's jump to college football. Um, but I do got to say, Ponder, I think you, that, was, that was fantastic. I'm glad you went over because that was, I think that stuff needed to be said. Um, I'm curious, number one, do you think there's a college football season? Are you gonna um, make us cry right now? Is that what this is? I about? know. Seriously, this is this is this just I need this. Um I, I keep having people tell me they send me texts like, hey, the only way that uh Michigan can beat Ohio State um is if you know there's no season. So I mean, um or doesn't lose to, yeah, doesn't lose to Ohio Hashtag State. There's no season. Sorry. I was like <laughs> so mean. Um okay, here's my question. If the Power Five conferences, we've already seen the Big Ten say no non-conference, so no Wisconsin, Notre Dame, no Michigan, Washington. We just saw the Pac-12 do the same thing. Do you think the Big 12, do you think the SEC, and I always get confused who's the other of the Power Five, is that the ACC? Okay, so do the other three follow suit is question number one. And if they all follow suit, what happens to Notre Dame? Does Notre Dame end up joining the ACC last minute because they literally don't have a season outside of playing Army and Navy and UConn because they're non-BCS Power 5 conferences. Well, um, hey, they'll make what, it to the playoff again. Congrats, Notre Dame. <laughs> Sorry, uh, am I, I, am I saying too much? No, I love it. I love it. So, so what do you think? Maybe this is negative, but since I'm on a roll – uh, I don't think there's going to be a season. And I know that's like, I'm literally wearing a Pac-12 football shirt right now. Um, and college football, 
has always been and will always be just one of my greatest loves. But I just don't know how they do it. I mean, guys, they just announced today that California schools, like the California public school system, is not having in-person school this fall. Like, how do you, and already a lot of the colleges have already said, here, here's where it gets interesting. And I think there should be some sort of case study on, you know, different parts of our country. Because look, football, me, everybody makes fun of the whole SEC, like it just means more thing, but it's, that is a fact. Like that is, I have lived in different areas of the country. I have worked football games in all different areas of the country. And it's just different down there. Um, And that's not to say that up in Ann Arbor, they don't care about football. But um, there's a different cultural um, impact for having these games or not having them. There's also a lot of politics involved. And um, I just don't know how at this point, if things continue as they are right now, um, how you can do it. I don't see a path towards that. And I know these schools are starting to say, well, we'll just play in conference games. Um, But at at some point, like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to travel? How are you going to get one guy or a trainer who has a positive test the day before the game, and then you're going to go out there and play against other teams and infect another team? Like, how? I, unless there's some like miracle vaccine that shows up in the next few weeks, I just don't see how you do it. Yeah. And I think too, that points to a bigger issue of the business of college football, how the way that most college teams, big teams, football schools, the way the business model is run is based off fans in seats. And so if you don't have, Texas has a hundred thousand people. If you don't have a hundred thousand people, if you've got a capacity, to 50,000, or let's say you're cutting games or, or whatever, people are going to start getting fired uh, or furloughed or something. And so, like, there's, there's an even bigger issue at play of how will our – number one, we need to rethink our business model. Number two, I mean, I, I don't even know what this looks like, but our college program is going to start asking for some type of bailout or something in order to survive because I don't, I don't know how – uh, uh, Texas or uh, uh, USC or and, and go to SEC and Alabama and all these schools, how are these schools going to survive without football? They don't. And so I, I, I literally don't. I think a lot of athletic directors are trying, to, are trying to find a way to play by any means necessary. But the more we get to it, I think the harder it's going to be to have a season. I, I personally do think there's going to be a season, Sam, just because I think that there's too much on the line, too much money on the line. And they're going to find a way, like the NFL is trying to find a way to play at all costs. I hope you're right. So how are they going to handle the liability of that? Because it's different with professionals. They've, like these dudes aren't getting paid. To have, they've already tried to have kids uh, sign waivers. They've already tried that. They've already – coaches have gone to parents and say, hey, I need your kid. I need, we need to sign this waiver. It's for the betterment of the team. No. Yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, what else What else you want them to do, Sam? This is it's college football, man. It's, it's money on the line. Follow the money. <laughs> Sam, I just don't I, – I don't see how they can do it from um, a university standpoint, because if these universities are saying like, hey, it's not safe for our students to be on campus, how do you explain to people that it's safe for athletes to be on campus? Sam, the AD, I was on a call with the AD at UT, and this same AD who on the, before the call with all the student athletes, the same one who was like, yeah, my daughter who goes to UT, my daughter's gonna, uh, she's gonna take online classes, was the same guy who was like, yeah, y'all will be fine, just wear your masks. 
You'll be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? The same. So what are we talking uh, about? I'm on calls, NFLPA, and all these people talking about, hey, this disease is it's really dangerous, and you can get it once and get it again. And these are like doctors who are cool with Dr. Fauci. You can get it once, you can get it again. There are long-term effects on your heart and on your lungs, even possibly your brain. But don't worry, we're going to make it safe. You guys go and play. So I, if it isn't played, what happens when football isn't played is, the, I think, the better question. Because NFL, college, when fo- the places where football is a business, right? Ivy League, cancel football. Why? Football's not a business there, right? They're like, we'll think about our health and safety. So they cancel it. They cancel all fall sports. But, that, but uh, SEC is not going to do that. How can they do that? Alabama, I forget the stat, but there was a stat. Alabama football has like a super high percentage of, of that city of, of Tuscaloosa's just economy. Like, oh, of course, yeah. So, like, I mean, what, of the what state is, economy. Of the state. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you do with that? That's, that's I think, the different way. I, like I said, I hope football gets canceled uh, to, in, in a lot of ways. In, in some ways I do, some ways I don't. More, well, more, if you more think ways about it, I don't. Well, if you think about it, too, like <clears throat> even Stanford, Stanford pulling the plug mm-hmm. on multiple sports. Now, again, diving, swimming, like no, no shade there. But like they're, they're literally like if there's no football – and they're losing money, and there's less fans, that affects other sports, which affects other coaches, which affects other student athletes. And all of a sudden, you look at you know, Alabama's program funds all the other on-campus uh, facilities, the, inner, the, the rec leagues, the you know, intramurals, all of that stuff because of Saban and the football yeah. team. And so you just sit there and you go, gosh, there is going to be a PPP bailout that's going to be needed for these like college football programs because of how much money, you know, you look at Michigan, you look at Ohio state, you look at Texas, Texas A&M, the amount of money that comes in, you take that way away for a year. That's massive debt. It changes the university, not just sports programs. And that's why every time professors like get on their high horse about like, Oh, football, this athletes that I'm like, yeah, that's part of what pays your salary. Like, and I'm, maybe I'm, I know I'm biased just because I, I value this stuff, but the amount of money that is going to be lost for other things at the university, I think the universities, a lot of these universities are going to look totally different on the other side of all this. And like, how is Harvard, which clearly is not a football school. Did you guys see there? And maybe this is a different issue, but like they're charging full tuition for online classes for the whole semester. So it's still $50,000 to take a Zoom class at Harvard this year. How is that okay? Like what, what is happening? I, I just, I don't get it. Do home team university for 35k right now. Discount there. Swipe up. <laughs> oh All right, so I've got a question then. What do we think? And we've touched on it a little bit, NFL season starting or not starting, but more importantly, bubbles. What do you think about bubbles? NBA, WNBA, bubbles, and also names on the backs of oh, NBA jerseys. Wait, now I remember. Now I remember because oh. you said that. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw on Twitter. This is so terrible that I'm even bringing this up. Um, when uh, people were talking about the bubbles and, and the NBA guys being down in Orlando. And a, a woman um, who I guess technically you would call her an Instagram model. 
let's just leave it at that. She, she posted, I guess, a, like a screenshot of a current NBA player, but like blacked out his name, I think, um, inviting her to the bubble. <laughs> and she was like, please know this bubble is not going to last. <laughs> this is, and I know that this is um, not like PC to say, but out of all the pro sports, when it comes to this kind of stuff, like shady, uh, if you watch the Will and Jada thing, like shady entanglements, <laughs> NBA players are the worst, <laughs> like the absolute worst. So there is no way that the whole bubble situation down in Orlando goes swimmingly. Let's just put it that way. Man. So what happens? So what happens, Steve? What, 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 how do, the bubble Here's gets burst. What do we do? Here's the thing. The LA Clippers have to win the NBA championship because this is the this is the total Clippers way because there will be no fans for them to watch them <laughs> in the championship like in the finals. I mean this this has all the makings for the most bizarro and Russell Westbrook now has got COVID. I mean yeah. it, it it gets to a point where these stars start getting it. And and then who are they picking up? Like I'm I'm training right now because I feel like there's going to be a replacement players <laughs> coming first round, and I'm hoping that like they're like that guy kind of looks like JJ Redick. So like maybe, <laughs> maybe you know like, but I'm hopeful because I think this is the year that the Clippers could win, and this would be exactly how the Clippers would win with no fans. And I yeah, don't do actually an see asterisk? it. Like what what is a championship this year? Like what what in do a you bubble. get with this? You get like it's just circled, it's like the okay. But is that even realistic though? Like I, I know the football season coming up, but we're not talking about a bubble per se. But we're talking about an honor code saying, "All right, players, don't go here, don't go there," which no everybody way. knows that's not going to happen. And now we're already looking at the bubble getting being compromised. Uh, <laughs> you know, to say it in a in a PC way, right? But like, what happens if you get in a bubble and then people start getting COVID? Russell Westbrook got COVID. Now what? Yeah, Season I mean, canceled. change that name to Russell Wilson or some NFL star. Like, it's it's a disaster. It is – look, I, I am desperate for the NFL season to start. I don't think any sort of um, bubble situation will work just because of the number of players and teams and staff and all that it takes. I don't know, Sam, if you saw they announced today, like, the – I think it's Oakley that did like a shield that they want. With the holes in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is also very confusing because I'm like, does this mean I can have a straw hole for my mask? Like when I need something to drink? Like what? This is the problem though. And I, I will promise I'm not going to go on like a full rant again. We have no solid, consistent information about this virus. Like one day it's like, everybody wear a mask. Then it's masks don't work. Don't buy a mask. Then it's everyone wear a mask. Then it's stay home. Don't go anywhere. It's so dangerous for you to be out. You shouldn't go anywhere. Then it's like, well, socially distanced, not groups of more than 10. And I'm like, what is happening? Like what, what even is this thing? Who actually knows? You have some people in the government who take it seriously. Some people who don't, some cities where it's, it's an issue, even in Phoenix where I am right now, yeah, things are like spiking, but I see no difference. Like if you if you're out and about and see if you can vouch for this, like yeah, there are some people wearing masks and they've required, but it still feels like. And in the context of of pro sports, like we're talking about for this fall, it just still feels like there's not one group that can say, "Here's what you need to do. 
here's how we know for sure this will work, and here's the way to function as Americans as, at this point. Until we have solid information, I don't know how you make any of these decisions because it feels like even the experts are kind of guessing. And maybe that's just me being cynical, but it, it feels like there's not solid information right now. And when it comes to Amazon, when it just says one click, you know what I mean? Like we, we can't delay gratification when we see desserts. We can't delay gratification. <laughs> like when we're like at the mall or at the Apple store, like you're, you're gonna, like this, our culture's not built for delaying gratification. And now like for athletes who have always had everything are having to like, delay gratification delay all every you know and to, to live in the bubble and even the the espn anchors for like the mls soccer like i mean one of the guys his his, his wife just had a baby and three months later he's he's he can't even see them you know it's just gone and separated and and you sit there and you go this the longer this goes on i just don't see it being possible to be sustainable. I don't, I don't understand why they don't just do a, a total NCAA tournament, do some warm up games. And then let's just, let's just make this year. Cause all they need is the six games to get their TV contract. And then, then it's set for this year, but to go through October, I'm like in a bubble, this is crazy. I'm interested to see personally what happens. I think it would take something drastic for seasons to get canceled. Um, but I'm also a little bit hopeful that maybe, just maybe, this COVID stuff will get figured out in the next few weeks. I know it's a long shot because it's out? been months. I'm in Chicago now, and we, I know we talked about people not having plans, but it seems as if Chicago is not one of the places where cases are on the rise. But also, months ago, Chicago said, hey, this is how we're going to do it. Um, we are not, we are stage one, like, stay at home period months later weeks later stage two you know, we'll, we'll phase you know phase two phase three and so when i say figured out i don't i guess i don't know what i really mean by that because the place i've been sitting and the song i've been singing is cancel all the seasons but the more i talk to guys whose livelihoods are affected by it they're like man i, I don't want to get cut if I, if I don't have a preseason i'm i'm automatically going to get cut just give yeah. me a chance i'll take that risk and yeah. so I think if you, when I say figure it out, I think more so is giving players the right to choose how much risk they want to take. Understanding that there is a major risk involved and laying out that risk plainly and then saying it's your call. Because I don't think it's fair for me to say cancel everything, though that's what I've been saying. And then people are like, well, do that. Like, this has been my dream. And, and also, like, this is how I've fed my family for a really long time. And I don't know how, you know what I mean? Like, let me decide. Let me take that risk. If I want to get sick, let me get sick. And this is the opposite of what, what I've been saying in general. But just the more I listen to people, the more I, I, I empathize. And even small business owners were saying the same thing back when Chicago closed down. The place I was training at, he was like, man, I wish we could just open. Like, I, I, my business is going to fail if we don't open. And so it's it just my position has changed a little bit after hearing more from people who were athletes who would be affected by there being a season versus there not being a season. Yeah. I'm bothered by the notion that the people who are making all these decisions, um, you know, most of whom are in government are people whose jobs have not stopped or been affected at all. 
<laughs> so it's like, you know, they've still been able to be the one that gets to come into the office and still gets a full paycheck. And, you know, life for them is generally speaking, like still going at the same speed. And they would be making decisions for people who are like, no, 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 no. Like if this doesn't happen, I literally cannot provide for my family. Um, and that's the tricky thing because with something this contagious, it is one of those things where like, should adults be able to decide things for themselves? Yeah, but what happens when they affect other people? Like I, you know, I keep hearing people say, well, like we have laws and stuff about people wearing seatbelts. I'm like, yeah, but obviously if you get in an accident with someone and you're not wearing a seatbelt, the one that's affected the greatest is you. It's different with a contagious disease, obviously, like this or virus like this, that, um, you know, there are potentially people all around you that could be affected by your decision. The only thing I can come up with, Sam, is that the NFL, if we're talking about professional sports, that the NFL basically says, kind of what I was saying for the school system, this is, yes, people are going to have to sign waivers, um, but this is a risk. And playing in the NFL was already a risk. You know, it was already a dangerous thing to do. If you feel in any way that this is not safe for you or that you have a compromised immune system or your age, and we've got to remember some of these coaches are older and staff members, then we are going to provide, I mean, we still got a bunch of billionaire owners last time I checked. So we are going to provide this sort of compensation if you are to opt out just for this year. And this, what, this is what that will require and whatever. The legal people can figure all that, that out. But if there are people who are willing to risk their health and everyone that's out on the field has agreed to those terms, then I think like that's an adult decision. Like, you know, people would probably see some UFC fights and be like, this is not okay, this is unsafe. The reason it's allowed is because both people agreed that, okay, we're in this together and this is what we're going to risk. So I, I think there, you know, obviously there are people a lot smarter than me coming up with all this stuff. At least I sure hope so. Um, but I do think that consenting adults who understand the risks should be able to, to make a living. You know, we can't just not allow people to feed their kids. Like at some point it, it gets that simple. I like the little popcorn we did there, guys. Well done. <laughs> can, I, can I ask one random question on yeah. top of this? Larry Fitzgerald, if there's no season. Oh, or this makes me if, sad to think about. I know, it. right? If Trevor Lawrence, like he's going to be, you know what I mean? Like a, a, some, someone who is in that season, who's a senior, do they get a red shirt in college? And all these guys who don't get this glorious farewell when it comes to their final NFL season. I mean, it's, that's, that's some of the pieces for me where I'm like, oh, so sad. And, and just the, the implications of no season or the implications of um, what this means for college. So random, but I just, I've been thinking it's a lot a nightmare. about it. Think about all of the, the trickle-down effect. I mean, think about the, the high school senior who grew four inches over the summer and maybe wasn't recruited a lot as a junior, but like now he's 6'6 six, six and can play and was going to get a chance to go somewhere and do something, but now there's not going to be a season, so he has no chance to prove it. Or in like the Trevor Lawrence type situation, like 
if he stays around longer and then they had a recruit that was supposed to come in, that was supposed to be the next quarterback. Like there are so many, the Larry thing, I mean, it's sad, but like, I would assume, I don't, I, I haven't asked him this, so this is not reporting, but like that he wouldn't then play another two year. Like these guys are getting older. I mean, it is, I honestly, I know this is being super dramatic, but it gets upsetting to me when I start thinking about it so much and the people's lives who are like, genuinely impacted for the long term I, I never thought about that I guess because when, when I think about the farewell tours for me I know you know Jordan essentially has had his the last dance but for me not everybody gets to have a farewell tour not everybody gets to say this is going to be my last season and so everybody celebrate me and cheer me on and appreciate me as I leave some people have their seasons ended by injury and that's the last game they'll ever play some people have you lose loved ones. Some people you lose, I mean, just things happen and, and you don't get a chance to, like, that's life. You know what I mean? That's life. I think about that. Like, what happened with COVID this fall? Seniors who didn't get a chance to, you know, do the homecoming or go to the recruiting. There was a guy who plays baseball while I was training at this place, and, and he, he's sad because he was hoping to go to all these camps for baseball, and he can't because of COVID. And so that's life you go through some stuff and, and you, you, you figure out, okay, maybe you don't win another Heisman. Maybe you're not the first overall pick. Maybe you lose your starting spot, but that's life. Get, get used to it, for lack of better terms. You don't always get to choose life on your own terms. And so I think for me, I think it would teach us a great lesson, almost how we started, Sam, to the point of, and, and this may have been before we even press record, but man, we, you almost have to live every day as if, you don't know what tomorrow holds because literally the, the news changes every day when it comes to COVID, even when it comes to just what we read in, in the news, different things happen every day. And so I haven't overly thought about the implications of not having a season because sometimes that's life. Your seasons get ended. Um, seasons change and you don't expect it. You can't control or predict the future. You just got to. Sam Macho said, suck it up, bro. Yeah, <laughs> life pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I I have never heard you bring the tough love like that, Sam. I am at knowing your personality. I am so proud of you. That was that couldn't have been easy. That there's no way that rolled off the tongue. So I'm just really gonna hit the guy. I've missed the pads, man. You just missed the helmets. No, man. I've been living it, man. Over here writing books. Though I love my books. Samachobook.com. Let the world see you. <laughs> I ain't playing. I tore my pet, man. Come on, man. So life, I didn't plan on tearing a peg. I didn't plan on getting cut. I didn't plan on, you know, losing my style. I didn't plan on none of this. It's life. Not everybody gets a victory lap. Some people have people die. <laughs> people die. It's true. People, people die. die. Oh, it's man, that was good. That was, yeah. that was good. You don't get to live life on your own terms. You don't. You can try. Should I keep on going? Sam, Sam should I stop? You can try. Samachabook.com. You can read now. more about it. Um, no, but seriously, like it's life. So get used to it. Sorry, anybody who doesn't get their victory lap. That's hey, life. Get used to it. Come here for inspiration. We're gonna inspire you. <laughs> you don't get a victory lap, podcast listener. Huh? Nike. We should. We should get those posters made. You know, how people have like inspirational posters in their office, like motivation. It's like no, life's hard. Suck yeah, no victory lap for you. <laughs> people die. Write a book. <laughs> people, die. <laughs> oh, people get injured and people die. And people die. 
<laughs> Sorry, high school senior. Yeah, totally. Life is hard, okay? Get used to these pandemics. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we solved the world's problems. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody's got to feel uplifted. I'm sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to, like, Super Soul Sunday. There's got to be Oprah podcast you can listen to or something after this, right? Uh, y'all know oh, I'll speak the truth. So I can't even disagree. Y'all know I'm, y'all know I'm right. No, I'm cheering you on. Yeah, you're right, man. I'm with you. Hey, let the world see you. You don't get a big <laughs> lap. You're going to die. So why, <laughs> why, you, why are you faking? Let the world see you. Some people get injured. Some people die. So just Sam, might as well let the world see you. Sam, I would absolutely love, and it's not even trying to butter up or anything. I've been speaking facts from the last, at least the last 15 or so minutes. Uh, <laughs> I would absolutely. You started the podcast with, I don't know. I don't know. Ended the podcast with, we're all going to die, kids. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Home Team Podcast. You can reach out um, to to us uh, on Twitter at the Home Team Pod um, or on Instagram at Home Team underscore Pod. But more than anything, uh, we're just grateful that you're tuning in. Thanks for subscribing and whether listening on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher, uh, we're, we're, we're grateful. And if you can give us a review, that'd even mean more. Uh, and, and subscribe, that just mean the world. So um, again, if there's any ways that we can serve you, uh, please let us know. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Grace and peace. See you next week.